Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. Man, it's good to be together. I never get tired of communicating with you all. Thank you for listening uh, so much today. I love uh, talking to people. Now it seems like I'm talking to people weekly that are listening to the podcast, and I'm grateful for that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you are feeling inspired today. I hope you are feeling uh, excited about all of the opportunities that are ahead of you today to be a person who brings more understanding, more curiosity, more unity, more understanding into these cross-cultural spaces. Uh, if you're a leader, uh, every time you show up to work, every time you get up in the morning, you have this great opportunity uh, to, uh, to, to be all of these things. This week, I've been having some fantastic calls uh, with my clients, and I was sharing with a client yesterday how much I love being able to work with people every day. Um, I love uh, the clients that I, I get to work with this year, and I love uh, particularly when they get aha moments, when the light bulb comes on. Uh, I love those moments as a coach. I love to be in that space of encouragement as well as information, transformation, all of that. It's, it's a really great work that I get to do. I was sharing with a client yesterday that as much as I give and share and serve in the role of coach, that I also learn so much from the people uh, that I am working with. And I always uh, uh, am able to, uh, again, learn from them and have my own mind expanded, my own uh, philosophy expanded. Uh, as I interact with people, and I'm really grateful for that. Yesterday, I was sharing a story with a client because uh, so many of the types of clients that I work with in organizational life right now are trying to develop a philosophy around hiring and cultural diversity. And if you have been listening to me, one of the things that we have talked about on the podcast before, and you can also find uh, some of my thoughts about this on my YouTube page uh, about tokenism and when hiring, uh, when you're trying to expand your diverse uh, leadership team, you don't want to start to find people solely based on their color or solely based on their heritage. Uh, the real practice as a multicultural leader is to be able to see people as whole people. And the fact that they come from a different people group than some of your team or historically what it's been like is icing on the cake, all right? So we have talked before about tokenism. Well, today what I wanna to talk to you about is this idea that uh, I hear from people a lot. And the question is, 
uh, if we look for more diverse candidates, does that mean that the skill level has to drop? Or does that mean that, you know, the, the position, uh, you know, we need to look for a lower, lower quality of person, essentially, in order to diversify the team? And I'm going to keep addressing this uh, on the podcast and also in my work, because this is a, a fundamental uh, concept that we need to grasp here as leaders of diverse peoples. And that is that uh, when, when we're thinking about diversifying our team, the worst thing we can start to think about is whether or not um, the, the people that we find will be skilled. And, you know, if you've been listening to me or following me long enough, you know that it takes a lot for me to throw around a term like racism. But to begin a question or a, or a thought like that, that is actually the seed of a racist thought. Uh, because for most of you, particularly if you're a white American population and you run an organization or a business and you've been historically monoculturally white, you wouldn't think about that for other candidates, right? For, for white American candidates. You wouldn't think to yourself, well, we have to hire Bob and Bob's a white American guy. Well, if we want to hire Bob, does that mean that we have to lower the standard for Bob to come on? We don't have that same conversation around white American candidates for hiring. But all of a sudden, we start to put those, uh, the, make those assumptions about people who are non-white. And so I want to dis discourage you. If I discourage you with anything, I want to discourage you as a leader or a person from harboring that thought because that is the seed of racism because you're making a negative assumption about different people that are not like you, that they are actually lower skilled than you or lower skilled than people like you that are available for hiring. And so we need to get that thought out of the vocabulary and the vernacular as we are moving forward in cultural work. It's very, very important. But here's another thing that comes up in the conversation around hiring, and that is uh, that, you know, there are just no people, or again, there are no skilled people, or, you know, that sort of thing. And, and I want to challenge that with you today. Because you need to ask yourself as a leader, is that really true? Is it really true that there are no people to hire in your industry? Is it really true that there are no skilled people in your industry hanging around somewhere that are of a different cultural come from than you and your current team? Is that really true? And answer it honestly, because oftentimes what I'll hear from people is we've tried everything. And my first question usually is, everything? You've tried everything? You've tried every possible way to hire a diverse group of people for your team? Really? You, you've tried every single option that's possible to promote people in your, your organization, you've tried everything? 
I mean, the reality is, is if you've tried everything as a leader, then you should be teaching all of us. <laughs> In fact, if you tried everything, I want you to list it. I want you to list specifically all of the things that you have tried in order to find a diverse team. Because really, a lot of times what this comes down to is not that there are no people or not that you can't find diverse talent or that you don't know how to recruit diverse people. That's usually not the issue. The issue usually boils down to how bad do you want it? How badly do you want a culturally diverse executive team? How badly do you want input from a, a diverse group of leaders in your organization? How badly do you want it? How badly do you want that one candidate that was part of the hiring circle? How badly do you want it? Because quite frankly, I think we just give up too fast. I mean, be, be honest about this. Do you just give up too fast? <laughs> you know, do you just, you know, go on a, a local job site or, or a website uh, with available jobs and, and post one time and then say that there's no diverse candidates and that then equates to you that you've tried everything? I mean, come on, be honest. Is that what you did? <laughs> or did you just make one phone call and then decide well that didn't work out so there are no diverse candidates be honest with yourself the, the the most important thing in this work is that we are honest so be honest with yourself about the work that you either did or didn't do to find the people that you need how bad do you want it because what, what is going to be necessary in you continuing to diversify your team or to find new people, what's necessary is that it's going to be a sacrifice. There's going to be some cost to this. You know, did, did your candidate want more money than you were offering? And so then you just said, well, no, we can't have you because you want more money. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want that person? Are you, and really the question is, what are we talking about here with regards to money? Are we talking about an extra five to eight grand that somebody wants? Or are we talking about an extra 50 to 75 grand that somebody wants a year above what you're offering? Because, you know, frankly, here's the thing. There are many of you that are working in organizational life. You got somebody on your board of directors that could write you a five to $8,000 check to cover um, more money in that position. How bad do you want it? Most of you, if we're talking about a couple thousand dollars for a, a, a working position, a job position, how about instead of we don't have the money, what if the mindset was, what do we have to do in order to go find that extra money because we want this person? How bad do you want it? This whole idea about uh, skill, <laughs> and, you know, the dumbing down of positions so that you can hire a diverse team. Remember, you need to get that out of your vocabulary. But let's just explore this for a minute. 
so uh, I want to tell you a story. I was at, uh, had the privilege to be in a room uh, with a CEO who was retiring uh, from an organization. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really great when you have people who have served an organization for so long, served their company for so long, you know, and it's time for them to move on and retire. Um, it's really awesome. And, and, and um, the leader of this company um, had just been a faithful leader uh, for this company and, and led it in a direction that it needed to go. And so uh, happened to be uh, in the room when uh, this person was giving their kind of their final uh, goodbyes or final speech. And, and here's how, uh, here's how the, the speech began. It was something like this. Uh, the CEO said, uh, you know, when, when I, took, when I d- took this position, or was chosen for this position, I had no skill in this area. When I took this position, <laughs> I had never led a company like this before. I had never led in this industry. Uh, I didn't know anybody in this industry. And I stepped in and knew that I could do it. And I'm thankful for the the opportunity uh, to be chosen and to be led. And that's kind of how this began. And here's what I realized about that moment is there's a part of that that we all love and we all want to hear, right? Kind of this story of, I didn't know what I was doing and I stepped into this awesome position and now look what happened. And on the other side, at the same time, here's what I was thinking. I was thinking to myself about this issue that I'm talking about today. And that is is that (laughs) so many of us in leadership positions, we say that it's skill or we just want the most skilled candidate. We want the best candidate, all of this language. And yet in organizations all over the country, every single day, there are people who are in positions, uh, C-level, C-suite positions, president level positions. For those of you in spiritual communities, senior pastors and, and elder leaders and all of these things, there are people that are in these positions everywhere and it's happening every single day and they do not have the skill to run that organization and I think about this blessed CEO uh, that was in this room where I was and I thought to myself you know um, this person did a really great job but somebody took a chance on that person somebody saw something in that person that went beyond skill. And there were, there were probably a lot of things uh, that that particular leader had to end up learning on the job, <laughs> right? That person had on the job training. And there are so many of us, when we step into the diversity space as leaders or as HR departments or whatever it is, we, we don't see that in other people. We hold up skill, 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 skill only as holy and the only thing that we should actually be looking at when that is not the truth. And that is actually not how people get positions. You do know that, right? That that people don't get positions just by skill only. Yes, there is skill. And there are all of these other factors that surround why somebody gets into a position or why somebody gets a job, including 
are they friends with the person who's hiring? Come on, y'all. Let's just keep it honest here. Let's just keep it truthful. Many of us, if we have the power to do it, will hire our friends, whether they are skilled or not. Why? Well, because of relationship and because of trust and because we believe the best in those people. What I'm asking here for us, those of us that want to see change in our organizations, those of us who want to see uh, a diverse executive team, a diverse C-suite, a diverse decision-making team, is that we extend that same benefit to other people. This is actually the core of what equity work is. This is equity work. (laughs) Equity work is rooted in giving the benefit of the doubt to more people than just the people that are in your contact list or just the people that are in your phone book or just the people that you you happen to go to college with. Let's get rid of this narrative that there are no people. Let's get rid of this narrative that there are no skilled people anywhere. The question is, how bad do you want it? How badly do you want this person? I was thinking about um, a story that I was watching on 60 Minutes. Um, Gosh, that makes me feel like I'm 75 years old. Um, (laughs) But I was intrigued by it a couple of nights ago because the, uh, the story about it was you know, this great resignation that's happening right now in the, in the world, right? People quitting their jobs, people in the U S quitting their jobs. And, um, you know, I'm very, very intrigued by what's going on right now. And so they were talking to this man who is the owner of a construction company. And he was talking about how uh, it was hard to find workers and hard to find people. And so the interviewer asked this guy, um, about somebody that he just hired, and uh, the owner of the company was saying, yeah, I hired this person uh, because he's the guy that I wanted. And he was telling the story about how this, this person had said no at first, but the owner said, no, this is the guy I want. This is the guy I want to work for my company. And so then he said this, I called that guy every day for two months until he said yes. <laughs> and I was inspired by that. I was inspired by the reality that the owner of this company wanted this worker so bad that he was willing to step outside of uh, the normal processes and the normal ways of being for hiring in order to get the person that he wanted, the perfect person that he wanted. And my question to you today is, how bad do you want it? How badly Do you want a diverse team? And what are you willing to do here in the next several weeks to step outside of what you've known up until this point and lean in and build your brilliant, diverse decision-making team? You can do it. And I'm cheering loudly for you. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.